Part two of a wonderful conversation with my man, John Garcia. Let's do it. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host, part two of my conversation with John Garcia. Really quick, you know, John comes on all of our shows, the different Locked On College shows, and he provides wonderful recruitment information and school-specific information to the school-specific fan bases. And obviously, John is really smart. But one thing we've never had the opportunity to do is just to come on here and just chop it up about college football. And so that's what we're about to do. We're about to just chop it up about college football this season with the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated, John Garcia, because we're super excited for the season. John, do you know how far we are away from the season at this point now? I don't have the daily countdown, but I think we're in the 80s, right? I think we're okay. I think we're getting a little bit closer. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's do it. My first question for you is, who is the best team in your eyes in college football heading into the 2022 season? Man, uh, right out of the gate, you're getting me. Um, I'd probably go Alabama. I know it's chalk, um, but man, it's, you know, you've got, there's not a lot of teams, first of all, that have that combination of head coach, OC, DC, and quarterback coming back, that kind of diamond in my brain. The, that's usually the, the a predicator for at least a lot of success, 10 plus wins. You're going to be in it for your conference uh, crown and all of that. Uh, and Bama's got all that coming back. Uh, so I do think, especially losing in the natty, which Saban usually comes back the next year and wins it when he does. I do think that all the motivating factors and the physical factors will be there for Alabama and their defense uh, could be the best in the country this year. On top of that, I think they've got the best pass rusher and Will Anderson, the best pass rush combo with, with Dallas Turner uh, there as well. The secondary should be really good. And, and again, they, they hit the portal at the right spots, man. They, they brought in, a bunch of impact players across the board. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs at running back is going to be a superstar. Um, Eli Ricks could be the cor first cornerback off the board in the draft. He was was brought in from LSU of all places. So they're always loaded. Um, but this defense in particular will be great. And, and Bryce Young and that crew is back. So if some receiving threats step up, I think they're, they're not going to miss a beat offensively either. And they're going to be able to, to really uh, – challenge everyone to, to get back over over to uh, the playoff and obviously you get in there and, and it's anyone's game so what you're telling me is that on september 10th the longhorns might be in trouble <laughs> i didn't want to say it it's just you know it's it's one of those things where you know it's you know bama fans they call it i used to live there they call it a revenge tour anytime they don't win it all the next year is the revenge tour uh so it just happens to line up with Texas on the schedule. I saw the game is sold out now and, and no surprise there, but yeah, I just think it's a lot of firepower. Although I'll say this Texas offense is going to score a ton of points this year. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I, I do think that's a lot of pressure on whoever the quarterback is that day because you got the best pass rushers in America coming after you, but the, the pass catchers Texas has, everyone's going to struggle with them. And then you've got the, maybe the best running back in the country as well. So it could be a fun shootout kind of game, although it won't be fun for Texas fans or Bama fans, but for the rest of us, it'll be really fun to watch and entertaining to watch. But yeah, it's it's hard to predict a loss 
for Alabama looking at their schedule really anywhere, um, especially again when when you lost um, in in such a big way in that national title game. Yeah, I hope it's a, a, a shootout because the, the betting site sure don't think so with that, uh, that 14 plus point spread, <laughs> you know. So if it's a shootout, I think Texas fans might be a little bit happy. And as a Texas fan, you would like that game not to be the second week of the season, especially when you don't know who your yeah. starter is. You would like for it to be at later on in the season, because I think this is a Texas team that's going to get better each week, you know. And so you would like for that to uh you know, be later in the season, but September 10th, we're going to be ready. You know what I'm saying? But Alabama, uh, you know, like you said, it's chalk, but it's chalk for a reason, right? They, if they have the best offensive player in the country in Bryce Young and have the best defensive player in the country in, you know, Will Anderson, ar- arguably the best coach in college football of all time in Nick Saban, uh, then they're rightfully so at the number one spot. But let's get away from the chalk. And <laughs> who is your dark horse college football playoff and potentially championship contender? Ooh, um, I got to go. If we're going dark horse, it can't be, you know, Bama or Georgia in the SEC. Uh, It can't be Ohio State in the Big Ten, although I do think they'll bounce back. Uh, It can't be teams that have been there recently. Right. Man, it would be it would be a heck of a story if USC could pull it off. Man, I I do think I do think that the the Pac-12 with with Oregon changing coaching staffs, especially could be wide open uh, offensively. They're going to feel like Texas, right? A ton of weapons. There is question marks on the offensive line, just like Texas and on the defense, just like Texas. But man, USC is going to score points. We know that Caleb Williams is, is going to lead that show. Uh, he, he got them out of a ton of situations last year at, at Oklahoma. Um, and I just think that familiarity within that offense going into year two and really for him, the first year in three years for him where he knows I'm the guy day one. You know, he missed his senior year of high school because of the pandemic 2021. He was, you know, he thought he was better than Spencer Rattler, but he had to wait his turn to show it. So this is the first time in three years where he knows and he had the control of I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to be the guy. And he still chose to follow Lincoln Riley uh, out to USC. So it's a lot of pressure, but that kid, it, it seems built for it to a degree. So if we're saying dark horse now, I don't want like somebody to pull this and, and write a, a, a crappy blog story like, oh, John Garcia is predicting uh, USC in the playoff. But with their conference and the turnover with the, the, the king of that conference lately in Oregon changing coaching stats, I think that there is something there for the taking in the Pac-12. And I think USC offensively will have so much firepower. And in this day and age, you don't have to have the best defense to make that kind of run. So if we're going dark horse, give me give me Lincoln Riley and, and, and the Trojans, which is weird to say still. So that makes so much sense. I, I kind of knew you were going to say that because that's like the right answer, right? Like when you think of it, like you I said, the, so. the Pac-12, and you think about like how easily – because first of all, I just say you can rebuild a college football team so fast. So when people are talking about like, oh, what, what Texas did last year and what USC did last year, you can change the complexion of a team in the offseason in, in college football with the transfer portal and recruiting. But like you said, the Pac-12, I mean, they I think they should win the Pac-12 this year. I mean, like and I think you feel that way, too. And if they can get through the Pac-12 and get through that schedule with one loss, the allure of USC, the Lincoln Riley, you know, narrative storyline, the Caleb Williams narrative storyline. I think college football would more than be more than happy to put them in the top four. So I, I think if a lot of people would have USC as that dark horse, you know, team that could end up in the top four at the end of the season. I think that's a great pick. And I definitely agree with you. 
um, on, on a dark horse, you know, championship contender. And then once you're in the top four, you know, all you have to do is, you know, win two games and, and lightning can strike at any point. All right. So when we look at the top of the Heisman rankings, right, the, the best player in college football, you see names up there, you know, like Bryce Young, of course, CJ Stroud, of course. Um, and then you have some, you know, other players, you know, like a, a Caleb Williams, you know, of course, uh, what we saw him do and him being in the offense in USC. But then you see some players like B. John Robinson and then Quinn Ewers, who, you know, has been taking a step. He's up there in the top five and top six and, and, and some of that. So who is your like dark horse Heisman contender? Or, like who is the player that you think could compete for a Heisman at the end of the year that maybe we're not? thinking of right now or just isn't at like the top top i mean because your dark horse could be eighth in the heisman rankings right but it, it, right. it's just a player that we're not thinking of off the top of our head that's saying he has a legitimate chance to win the heisman this year in college football yeah i, I think it's easy to go qb here so i'll, I'll veer off towards the running back position i, I love Bijan, I, I really do but man i'm going i'm going trevion henderson at ohio state as i think we talk about a revenge tour. They, Ohio State's probably about to go on a revenge tour of their own uh, with C.J. Stroud, who will be their Heisman-type guy. But I just think if Ohio State's going to be sustainable long-term, and last year taught us this, they got to emphasize the run game a little bit more. And Henderson, from a talent perspective, is as talented as any back uh, that there is uh, in this country right now. So I do think Ohio State bounces back and becomes the favorite to win the Big Ten again. I think – that conference is loaded. It might be the most difficult conference to navigate, but if Ohio State is going to get back up there, which is kind of, you know, a, a little bit of a, an important factor for Heisman contenders, you know, I think that we, we know about Stroud. We know about the receivers. I think Henderson's got to step up and, and kind of be that guy. So I could see him uh, being this huge big play threat for the Buckeyes because everybody's going to be softened up with, with what they present um, offensively that I think he could just have big running lanes, particularly early in the season. And if you remember last year, there really wasn't that no-brainer Heisman guy early on. It was very much up in the air. It was like Matt Corral at the beginning of the season. So <laughs> I think that, you know, that that's going to shift a, a bunch uh, early this year. So if if it's a non-quarterback that does it, uh, it it's got to either be B. John Robinson against Alabama. That could be kind of the beginning of his real Heisman run. But I just don't know, uh, you know, long term winning wise, if Texas right out of the gate is going to be a 10 win type team this this fall. I think the Big 12 is better than people realize, especially on defense, which is something we, we never talk about enough. Um, but I do think Ohio State in the Big 10 has the opportunity to score a ton of points and, and Trevion can flash and splash along the way as a running back. So I'll go with him. And if you were, I'll you know piggyback off of you plus one. You if you're talking about non-quarterbacks winning the award, we can stay in Columbus and talk about Jackson Smith and Jigma. That's you true. know if we look at what Devontae Smith did, because my God, Jackson Smith and Jigma is a dog. I mean, if you if he goes out there and puts up you know 18, 1900 yards and you know twenty touchdowns, and they have the you know revenge tour type of season you're talking about he could get some Heisman consideration as well. So really good pick there. And, you know, like I said, I'll just plus one you and, and add in Jackson Smith and Jigba to two players that definitely um, at the end of the season, we could be looking at as Heisman contenders. You mentioned uh, the big 12 and, and we know how close the big 12 is, is potentially going to be um, this year. And you talked about the big 12 being a lot better than a lot of people think. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to put you in the fire, feet to the fire. Who wins the big 12 this year in your opinion and why? 
and don't you don't have to i know we're on locked on longhorns you know what i'm saying you don't you don't you don't have to say texas if you know what i mean we'll we'll go out there and prove it on the field you know what i'm saying so who do you think is going to win the big 12 this year and why I'll, I'll just talk it out as as we go through i mean it's really only a few schools that are contenders for me right uh obviously last year's participants have to be in the conversation baylor and Okie State. I think Okie State's defense will be really good. Spencer Sanders is back for like his 43rd year uh, in Stillwater. Uh, so I do think offensively they'll be steady, but I don't know how explosive they're going to be. Um, I, I do think Baylor takes a step back on defense, but maybe offensively they throw the ball and, and play a little bit more balanced. Uh, so I think both of those programs will be very good. Um, Oklahoma's the wild card, obviously, you know, entirely new coaching staff. I do think the Jeff Levy, Dylan Gabriel combination is, is rock solid. They obviously have worked together in the past. Uh, they, there's still a lot of weapons uh, out in Norman, but I do think it'll take time. So I think they could catch some L's early on in their schedule. And I actually think Texas is, is going to be on Alabama because we're talking Big 12 title. So obviously those conference games matter the most. If they can figure out QB, which it's going to be yours, right? I mean, we can kind of start to say that. I really think uh, Texas can come out of this thing because because their receiver core is probably the best in the country. Um, they've got arguably the best running back in the country, and they've got the quarterback with maybe the strongest arm in the country if it is yours. So you take your lumps against Alabama, and then you start to churn from there and build and you do it without the expectations, which is, I think, the always the thing that crushes Texas is these crazy expectations, and then, boom, something happens. So catch your deflation early against Bama, maybe contend and lose late, and then you slowly build underneath that. And, and I actually think Texas is going to win the Big 12 this year. I don't see an offense that can compete with Texas's. Now, defensively, I do still want to see more. Let me make that clear. But I think offensively, if Quinn Ewers can figure it out, and I think he can, you know, having, you know, covered him as a recruit, he got the, you know, the free redshirt year, whatever we want to call it at Ohio State, which, by the way, knows what they're doing with quarterbacks, too. I think that there is there's a motivation there for him to figure it out and, and, and play explosive football. So I got Texas in the Big 12. There's a lot of great defenses, but there's one offense that's going to be overwhelming to me, and, and that's the one in Austin. Y'all just heard John Garcia say that Texas is going to win the Big 12. For all the yep. non-Longhorn fans that keep finding my content and keep calling me crazy for saying the same thing, I know y'all read, listen to, and watch Sports Illustrated, and John Garcia just said <laughs> the same thing. Clearly, I'm a little bit smarter than y'all want to give me credit for. And for Longhorn Nation, I've been telling y'all since January 31st, the first day I did this podcast, this Texas team is different. They're going to win the Big 12. I know y'all tired of hearing my voice. John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, just said it, just saying. Let me read this. Uh, Word from our sponsors real quick, so they don't replace me on this show. You know how our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors? Well, this time, Built Bar has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puffs. I have some in the fridge right now. They are amazing. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com right now to order your box of mud pie bars and puffs. You will not regret it. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, John. A lot of great games in college football. I was on a podcast, the Over the Hill podcast based in London, and I was telling them, you know, they're trying to get more excitement about college football. I was telling them, 
you know, October 8th is the day that you need to be watching college football. You got Texas <laughs> and Oklahoma, but that night we got Jimbo and Nick Saban. We got Texas A&M and Alabama, but that's just one day. A lot of great matchups throughout the season in college football. The matchup you're ex most excited to watch this year is. Oh, man. You just, you just hit me over the top with these. My bad. Oh, I goodness. You know, I I wouldn't have said this two weeks ago, but I got a phone call the other day from a good friend of mine who, who knows his stuff, a good, well-sourced person. I don't want to give their job away. Yes, sir. And he said, I got something for you. Oregon's going to knock off Georgia right out of the gate with their old defensive coordinator. And I was like, man, there is no way. And then we got to talking about it, right? Georgia's defense, historical last year, mostly gone, right? So Oregon presenting something brand new that you really can't game, game plan for, right? I mean, Kenny Dillingham's, you know, coached offenses uh, at, at different part, parts of the country, Auburn, Florida State, et cetera. But with this personnel and all that, still largely unknown what they're going to present. And obviously Dan Lanning comes to Oregon with a true knowledge, literally, of pretty much everything that George does. Now, I'm not calling that shot, but talking to this person and then kind of talking it out and thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could see this happening, right? I mean, that roster last year, which was less talented than they'll be this year, went into Columbus and, and won, right? And it would be hard pressed to think that anything like that could happen again, but neutral site, different Georgia team and an Oregon team that has a lot to prove with a lot of young coaches that are really aggressive uh, in an offense that should be just as aggressive against the, one of the few guys who's played against that great Georgia defense and Bo Nix at quarterback. I think he's a sleeper. I think Oregon's a sleeper because of that. Um, and I think that becomes the most entertaining game I want to watch on the field. Off the field, you said it. Give me, give me Bama, Texas A&M. I, I, I don't know what the spread will be, but I'll probably take Bama laying whatever points they, they roll out there. Because Saban usually doesn't do the personal thing, but I think he will that night. Um, there's a lot of great matchups this year. But, um, yeah, give me, give me that one. Give me Oregon and Georgia um, and – that's another spread that I might, you know, call some friends on because uh, that one could be quite interesting because Georgia's going to be favored by a lot. It's just a matter of how much. So that's a sneaky game that I, I haven't heard enough discussion about because both of those teams are so different. And there's there's some X factors there that that actually lean towards Oregon's way. So uh, the SEC fans will be coming for me soon, but it's, it's all good. We're built for it. Bro, that is an amazing answer because that's that's a game like you said. I wasn't even thinking about like that game is not even on my radar and you just made points that I'm like, bro, you're right. Like, or, I mean, I'm not saying Oregon, like neither one of us is saying Oregon is going to beat Georgia, you know, for the, the people that, you know, try to take what they want to take. Neither one of us is saying that, Correct. but you're saying that Oregon has way more of a chance than most people think. And that's going to be a way more interesting game than most people think. And now I'm locked into that game. Like now I want to see Oregon, Georgia, bro. That is an amazing answer. An amazing point. <laughs> I appreciate this is why it. we bring you on, man. That's why this, this is why we got you. We're locked on. That's why you're the director of football recruiting at sports illustrated, bro. Man, I did. Awesome. I did predict the most correct games last year at SI. I will say that. Cause I haven't been able to brag about that. Yeah. Uh, 
So let me let me yeah. brag about that. Talk, least, yeah, talk there. Let them know. Let them know. Audibly, keep us. You know, you already got that credibility, but just keep establishing <laughs> it. Yeah, this this is who we got on Locked On Longhorns. Yeah, the look, smartest hey, man at Sports Illustrated. That was subjective. To co- I said to cover, that, don't, you know, to cover <laughs> college football recruiting. To cover recruiting, you got to watch the game and you got to co- cover college the same way. So um, we we get the advantage because we know about these new players a little bit more than. The folks yeah. who, who just stick to college football themselves. But look, Georgia's going to be loaded, right? Super talented. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you talk about a chip on his shoulder. Bo Nick's got a, a boulder yeah. on his shoulder, and he's going to an OC he's already worked with, just like Dylan Gabriel is. And I think they're going to do some things uh, in, in the Pac 12. I think it's going to be them and USC all over again. But that Oregon, that Oregon angle is more interesting than, than I, I would have thought a few months ago. Yeah, no, nah, I'm really excited for that game. That's a great answer. And uh, if Oregon somehow wins that game, you don't know how fast I'm going to come back and cut this clip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, we'll <laughs> please, do it, right. please do it. Please tag me in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely will. Both accounts. All right. So it talked about recruiting and, and college football recruiting and um, you just being locked into that. Such a big part of college football now is the transfer portal. And we've seen a lot of movement. And you talked about some transfers earlier going to Alabama. Obviously, we've seen recently Jordan Addison going to USC. We talked about how you can change, really USC bringing in almost everybody from the transfer portal, right? Like we've seen it with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Like you can do so much in the transfer portal and really change your team. I mean, here on Locked On Longhorns, Queen Ewers, right? I mean, that's even if you just brought him in, I mean, that's a transfer class in itself. But then you talk about Ajay Hodge, a little Billingsley, you know, Ryan Watts, all of that. Right. Who will be the most impactful transfer in college football this year, in your opinion, or maybe one of the most impactful transfers? I love these, man. You 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 brought the, the, the thunder today. I love it. Um, I probably got to go quarterback by default here, I would imagine. So if, if I'm picking USC to be my dark horse, you know, title team. I got to go Caleb Williams. You know, I think that he was kind of the galvanizing force with the back end of, of the transfer run that USC went on. And you mentioned the, the groups that did the best in the portal. It was certainly Texas, USC, Ole Miss, uh, I would say, at, at the very top. Um, and, and I think you can almost point to a certain player or a certain time where you you said, okay, just as, as folks like you and me who do this every day, you're like, they're going to get a million transfers. Like you could just, you just know what's coming. And for once Caleb finally, because remember that was a long drawn out process. Once he pulled the trigger, I, I think that was really kind of the end of it. Like, Hey, USC was going to go crazy with the offensive additions in particular. And, and I think that's what we saw. Um, and, and I think he's going to have the, maybe the most pressure, not after Quinn Ewers, because Quinn's going to have the most pressure of all these guys. I think Caleb will have the second most pressure. Um, but the difference is we've seen it. We've seen him live up to some of that already. Now he'll be in, in new colors, but uh, I do think he'll be in, in a conference that's the door's wide open, man. And no disrespect to Kyle Whittingham in Utah, who I love their style and their consistency, but that door is wide open for USC to reclaim everything that, that perception tells us they're supposed to be in that conference. So I, I think if that's the case, then Kayla Williams has to be the most impactful transfer quarterback. Good stuff. So, Getting into the players coming out of high school, we've already talked about, you know, Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks, two of the top players in this 2022 class, but a lot of really good players. And, you know, you've talked about every year, you know, those, those there's those true freshmen that just come right in and they belong, right? Because I the point I made, the, the umbrella of my Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks take on my last podcast was 
the best players in high school turn out to be the best players in college and the best players in college turn out to be the best players in the NFL. So what is the one player from the 2022 recruiting class, not just at Texas, any school, do you think is going to be that player that steps right in and belongs? Like he's going to be one of the best players in college football potentially this year. That's a great, a great question. Um, I'll avoid quarterback because I think I've spent too much time there uh, <laughs> recently. Although, so you know, some freshman quarterbacks are going to make some plays. I keep an eye on Kate Klubnik at Clemson, by the way. Uh, that's that's one late in the season. That oh, I think super he, talented. That's spring he's, game he's performance. Gonna, yeah, he's yeah. he's going to make some moves there. But you know, give me Luther Burden at Missouri, man. This is this is a big. This kid looks like he's in the league right now. Big, physical receiver who, as a recruit. Uh, you know, was committed to Oklahoma, backs off, and then everyone thought, oh, this is going to be a, you know, a Georgia, Alabama kind of kid. He's from St. Louis, man. He, he stuck with Mizzou, um, an offense that is going to chuck the football all around. The SEC East feels pretty open uh, right now. I mentioned, you know, the, the how different Georgia is going to be. I still think it's their division to lose, certainly coming off of that national title team. And offensively, they'll be better. Uh, but I think they're going to give up some points. And I think a guy like Luther Burden could potentially, you know, snatch a couple TDs against them right out of the gate. You know, he's a big physical wide receiver who could be the number one guy for Missouri by, by midseason. Uh, so I think he's the guy that, you know, has thousand yard, you know, 10 touchdown potential as a true freshman. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of great receivers last year. Um, and I'd probably go Travis Hunter if he ended up at Florida state, but of course he, he ended up at Jackson state. So I'll go Luther Burden, man. I think he is, as complete a receiver as there was in the class last year. And he's going to a program that that really needs him uh, with the Missouri Tigers. So I think they'll score a lot of points and he'll be a big part of that. That's a really good answer. And a name I wasn't thinking about, but that makes so much sense. You're right. I mean, big kid, like you said, he looks like he's in the league. And Longhorn Nation, that's a you know a player y'all might want to watch out for. Potentially, that's somebody that we could play before he leaves Missouri. All right, John Garcia, I'm going to get you out of here. One last question. In your opinion, Outside of Nick Saban and we'll say Kirby Smart because he's coming off of a national championship, who is the best head coach in college football right now? Man, I, I love these. I love these questions, man. They they really See, that's, why, that's why I said, man. I, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you come on and you talk about these high school kids on every show all day, and I'm like, I just want to hear what John Garcia thinks about these college football teams and these college football games. Yeah, I, I think it's it, like you said, it's easy to go to the top and and the and, the, and let the rings kind of do the talk in there. Um, so I'd like to push against the grain uh, for a lot of that. So I think outside of those those no-brainers, like you said, you know, Saban and Smart and and Fisher and those guys, I mentioned him earlier. Give me Kyle Whittingham at Utah, man. This guy, it's like nobody talks about him. All they do is win nine or ten games. Last year, they beat Oregon twice in like a month. I don't know how much your audience has experience with playing ball and high level stuff, but when you are a physical team and you, you kind of have this no nonsense approach and you beat somebody once the next time, generally it doesn't go your way. It's just so hard to do it. And they, they beat Oregon bad twice in a very short amount of time um, to, to win the PAC 12 last year. I love Kyle Whittingham. I think he is, quietly you know one of the best coaches in all of football he's developed great talent year in year out um and he, he's a guy who goes goes out and recruits 
all over the country. Um, you know, he's down in Florida recruiting guys to Utah consistently. He plucks kids from California, and it's it's never the most heralded kids, but it just seems like he develops them at, at such a high clip. And I'm I'm such a fan of programs that do it without you know the quote unquote five stars or the SI ninety nine recruits year in year out. And Utah has is quietly kind of always been that under Whittingham. So I, I think he's I couldn't be a bigger fan of his. So. Give me Utah and, and every year being an underdog and, and overachieving anyway. Like I just talked about how they dominated the Pac-12 last year, and, and I'm already picking the new the new schools, you know, Oregon and USC to be better immediately. So I hope I hope he sees it uh, and, and gives me a shout on that because he deserves it. He's he's a big time college football coach who, even as the game has adjusted, he's adjusted some on offense. And Cam Rising's a, a sneaky good quarterback, by the way. Utah is going to be really good again. But, man, he is always physical and defense first, and, and they always just make plays. And you, you look at the NFL draft and you watch a game on a Sunday, and you're like, oh, man, that guy's really good. And you Google him, and you're like, oh, he went to Utah? Like, I had no idea. So uh, that was Devin Lloyd this year going in, you know, the first round. So I love Kyle Whittingham. He's he's like the my forever sleeper dark horse type coach. Love what he does at Utah. And once again, we'll, we won't talk about him, but they'll be pretty darn good at the end of the day. Yeah, we won't talk about them until we see the results at the end of the season. Another great answer. Uh, this has been 30 minutes of just elite content. Um, I promise you I did not prep John for any of these questions. I just threw it at him. And, of course, off the top of his head, he answered each one beautifully. John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. Once again, was the, one of the best of the business, if not the best in the business. I'm truly blessed. Y'all are truly blessed that he's able to come on the show as much as he does. Longhorn Nation, as always, peace.